Welcome to episode 139 of Nobody Special. On this episode, we talk about the airing of grievances and cranky Christians on social media. The Gospel Post presents Nobody Special. Welcome to Nobody Special. Two minus one nobodies talking about the somebody who matters. I'm Danny and the all by myself of Nobody Special. And this is a podcast where two generations of people try and find God in pop culture, politics, and everything in between, all while not taking anything too seriously. Uh, That is the first time I've gotten to say that in a long time. Uh, Caleb actually can't be here today. He is, we'll say, in a funk. He's in a funk at this point, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything else, actually. But uh, Caleb is going to be back. Man, 2020 has been a weird year. There's been a lot of traveling. And uh, Caleb would do these, except I have all the equipment in my home instead of his apartment. So that's where we are right now. But everything is fine. He's not dead. He's not dying. He's just driving endlessly and boring. And... um. During these episodes, I try and 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 kind of do do a few special things. It's still gonna be a full episode. I'm still excited about it, but still, it wouldn't be nobody special if it uh, wasn't just a weird previous episode. So I'm I want to start off and just explain the thing that happened the previous episode. We taped and talked about how they're still tallying all things connected to the election. Um, and and I brought up points that I still stand behind about the importance of 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 being Christians during this time. And uh, the day we put out that episode, <laughs> they uh, all the news stations called it in the name of Biden. I think I don't know. It's been a long week, but they called it, and it's been far from over too. And then on top of that, we um we put out an episode, and then that day a new episode of of the Mandalorian season two came out, chapter ten. I didn't actually get to it till Tuesday the following day, but I want to start off and just have a bit of the airing of grievances. So, I have a friend who is partially deaf, um, and occasionally he comes over, watches a movies and that kind of stuff so I try and keep the subtitles on and to be honest I just enjoy having subtitles on if you haven't tried watching movies that have subtitles on you don't know what you're missing because there's so many things that are missed by just background conversation other aspects of 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 just things going on uh probably my favorite is in once upon a time the old tv show anytime they did anything magic they said a magical warbling and i didn't even know that was a word and it's probably my favorite now magical warbling but um all this to say the first part of chapter 10 there's no spoilers in this one unless i feel like it and i'll try not to get there but first part of chapter 10 the a mechanic from the first kind of season and the first episode of season two or chapter nine um is in a card game betting against a giant ant and because of the subtitles i know the name of that ant is dr mandible dr mandible and i saw this and i was immediately upset that this is the name like we've they have they've had nothing 
more to do during quarantine. They it's Doctor it's a big ant and it's named Doctor Mandible. And I'm like, that's the laziest thing I've ever seen. Cause not only is it just a big ant that it would be the same thing if um I changed my name to you know, Johnny Arm or uh Danny Foot. You know, but it's just it's it's just think of an insect part and give that as the last name. And not only that, but this dude's been to medical school for some reason, and now he's betting cards in the middle of a, a cantina. And I'm just like, what? I don't know if I'm upset and very angry, or if I need the backstory of Doctor Mandible. Uh, and I feel as if I need the backstory, but I'm going to be angry the entire time I'm watching it. Then on top of that, the other uh, character that I'm not going to get too much into is named Frog Lady. Just Frog Lady. I pay you. I I I pay you money, Disney Plus. Like I pay you money. We have to, <laughs> part of the joy of Star. Wars like the franchise is that every character has its own name and a, a bit of a backstory. It's this expansive kind of a universe, and to just name it Doctor Mandible and Frog Lady seems really annoying. And Doctor Mandible just comes off as this could I could probably come off as kind of a foppish character, like "Hello, everybody, I'm Doctor Mandible," you know, like that. It just doesn't fit at all. Uh, and then the episode had a whole bunch of critters in it, and I, I just super uncomfortable the whole time. But Dr. Mandible was crazy. So then on top of that, um, when we, we got done taping and then watched the episode a few days after that, I was like, well, our episode's already outdated. Neat. Uh, and then the election got called. Now, granted, this is far from over. And... I'm going to be honest, I'm not even sure how I feel about that, and I'm not going to super get into it. Uh, the election is far from over because they're still tell or or they're still counting in five or six states and there's court cases out in those five or six states. And if they if I mean this could still change and I'm just trying to caution people um, don't gloat or get down. Because we're not done yet. I know most places are calling it, but I do think one of the good things that's coming out of this is that even if Biden is still president through all this, um, we are checking into cases of of uh, tallies that are wrong, falsified, all these types of things. They're being checked into, and we need to have confidence that when ballots are cast this is a thing we can trust if there's no trust in the entire thing then that's just gonna quick kind of devolve into chaos and and that isn't good to our country it isn't good to healing it's not good to any of that um so at this point just everyone everyone chill out everyone just like stay home turn off the news because there's nothing to report yet just give it a few weeks and chill out um if it's it's just it's too i don't know i guess i can't tell if i'm holding out any kind of the hope if it's going to change or stay the same or any of that but um just just give it a minute cuz stuff is happening and 
I would encourage everybody to be in prayer. But throughout all of this, a thing that I have noticed going on is that conservatives feel very isolated and um, and ostracized. They uh, in Biden's acceptance speech tentative uh tentative acceptance speech he came out and said that's time for our country to heal and then everything after that has been to conservatives it's felt as if it's the total opposite um people are making a list of people that have uh donated to trump and in order to ensure they never have a job again um it's it's been contentious out there on top of that um there's been the constant battle of is information true or is it fake a news or or uh, does it need to be kept up? Does it need to be censored? Those kinds of questions are going on. And that has created a few issues throughout the course of the election day. I know Trump, he was very censored on Twitter, uh, a good amount of content on Facebook got flagged and taken down, dethrottled shadow banned, all kinds of stuff. And there's, there's good evidence to, to back that up. On top of that, I know of a couple Facebook groups that have been, uh, placed under in, instead of being able to post in a group, people are posting and then needing a mod approval. They're adding steps because they feel that these groups have been more of a propensity towards, um, a misinformation. Now, whether or not that's true, that is the actual debate going on, but it does kind of come off that these are Christian and conservative groups. To be clear, I'm still not okay calling this the form of persecution that all of us need to be up in arms about. Uh, this isn't it. In fact, there isn't actually a form of persecution I think we should be up in arms about, but it is a cultural issue that all of us are facing to figure out the same question that uh, Pilate asked at the crucifixion of, of Jesus, uh, "What is truth?" Um, this this is a a a big issue in who gets to define truth, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. And I'm just going to brief touch on it now. At its core, truth is defined by Jesus Christ, uh, a God <laughs> who created the heavens and the earth, who spoke them into being, is the ultimate arbiter of truth because it was created by his hand. It is the Godhead that gets to establish truth. We don't get to do that. There's a phrase a friend of mine has dropped that he has to live in his truth. And that is just a whole bunch of baloney. It's garbage. There isn't your truth. Truth is bigger than all of us, and I don't get to own it. Um, But... In this context, because it wouldn't be 2020 if it was that easy, the question has come to whether information is uh, propaganda or not. Um, It's even gotten to the point that people close to uh, or very similar to New York Times columnist Kevin Roos, he was criticized because he claimed it is possible for a story to be factually accurate and be part of a misinformation campaign aimed at undermining confidence in an election. And I want to be fair to this thing. All right. First of all, that's a horrifying statement that a thing can be accurate and misleading. Um, that kind of... 
kind of comes off as counterintuitive. It's true or it's not true. There isn't a middle ground of truth. There isn't a, well, it's true to them, but not true to this person. Either thing is true or it's not. The issue comes down to whether a true story is indicative of actual worldview. Um, I think a fair amount of the problems our culture is facing as a whole is that our worldview tends to try and dictate our facts. And in actuality, the facts need to dictate our worldview. And changing a, a worldview is very difficult because it's, it's the basic assumption of how I think all things operate. Uh, it's, it's, it's the default to, to my thinking. It's, it's the, the, the basis of how I process information. That is a worldview. And to change that, to be honest, is a violent, violent process. So to say that a thing can be factually accurate and be part of a misinformation campaign um, is very irresponsible as a journalist. The other side of that, because I am trying to be fair to it, is that um, just because, well, it kind of comes down to the difference between anecdotal evidence and statistical evidence. Just because a story is compelling or present doesn't I mean it is a it it can be indicative of a of a statistical fact. And I think that that's the better way of trying to say that, but that's, to be fair, a thing the media hasn't been great at. They'll take a story, they'll make it very sensational, they'll blow it up, they'll get all people's attention on that, and then it just turns out that, that, that although it's a compelling story, it's not a statistical problem. And when we are okay dictating the facts based on uh, statistical non-problems or non-statistical problems, then policy gets really weird. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of applications for this, but overall, just because a story is compelling doesn't I mean it is a statistical truth. So now back to the election. <laughs> are there cases of fraud? Absolutely. There, there are clear cases of fraud. There are clear cases of bias. There are clear cases of these things so how do we determine is this a statistical kind of a fact that is swaying millions of uh, votes or is it just one or two ballots now granted to be fair one or two ballots of fraud is still bad but in this election it is coming down to small numbers of ballots to determine the person who won and that's oh why in these cases the courts are getting uh, plugged into the matter to check into the facts and determine the extent so kind of to Kevin's point um, it's it's possible that there are cases of fraud but that they're not as indicative as they as as conservatives are making them sound however to say that a story can be factually accurate and part of a misinformation campaign um is also unfair it's the job of a media to give the news in in a factual manner and that means doing a lot of the research and investigative journalism in order to determine if this is important enough to the American people uh, or any other people. The moment that 
goal becomes slanted f- 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 from being honest or or being unbiased as possible to ignore the w- world view and interpret the fact as as best as possible the moment it stops doing that it stops being news and starts being propaganda and then and then after that happens you kind of get to uh kind of censor things that you feel is non-factual um i mean that's been done all throughout history it's just tend to uh, or kind of the censoring has been done all throughout history but not normally by the good guys and that's the problem so um when conservatives feel and they felt this for a fair amount of time targeted by these uh news agencies as um as being idiots as being uh stupid racist and homophobic bigots all this just because of, of an over simplification of their thoughts or they're branded as a thing without the evidence of those things then um you've we've kind of created this v- 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 volatile kind of situation twitter facebook instagram all these places are not n- news places but they do control a fair amount of the information flow especially as they've gone out uh and 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 impacted things in a manner that they see fit um but because their social media platforms are not governed as good as others and Facebook can just take things down. Now, granted, it's not fair, but um, if they are targeting conservatives and conservatives do feel as if they're being targeted, then this is creating a kind of an issue because so many people are on Facebook. Uh, I think most of us are on Facebook. Uh, The Gospel Outpost has a Facebook page and Nobody Special has a Facebook page and an Instagram. We don't have a Twitter uh, Gospel Outpost has a Twitter, but I'm probably going to deactivate it for reasons I'll explain in a bit. But um, because of the things that that the New York Times is saying, that to call factually accurate information um, part of a misinformation campaign, um, and and other aspects, group censorship, taking down of articles fact-checking one and uh, just conservatives instead of others. Conservatives are feeling as if they don't have a place to go. Enter two new social media platforms, me, we, and parlor. Now, um, I'm going to be honest about these two things. I haven't joined. I haven't been on there. I'm a bit scared to, but I do know there is this either planned or started a mass exodus of conservatives and Christians off of Facebook and even some on the Democratic side just because of the the uh, kind of censoring that's taken place. Um, but I haven't joined. And and please please forgive me. Part of this is just going to be me processing a little bit uh, to to my audience, um, which I appreciate everyone here who who keeps tuning in, especially if Caleb isn't here. But because uh, we all know he is he is the beautiful face of nobody special. Gosh, I hope I hope he doesn't listen to that one. That was a little weirder than I thought. But um, I know a lot of people that are joining either of those or both of those and I do I have some concerns um the first is that it's two 
new social media platforms that I just don't want to do. I'm on Facebook. I barely want to be on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I have Twitter. I, and those are three things I have. And now of Instagram, I have one, two, three, four, five accounts on Instagram. One's a personal, uh, two for Gospel Outpost, or one for Gospel Outpost, one for Nobody Special, one um, at a church uh, ministry I'm a part of, and the other to help my mom in her side business on Instagram. So I get a lot of notifications on Instagram all day long. Most of them I ignore. Unless it's a message from uh, one of the fans of Nobody Special who are giving us a question, because that's a great place to do it. And we need your questions. On Facebook, I have access to uh, three or four pages as well, four, four pages as well, and two Twitter accounts. So managing a social media type of environment is difficult and harder than people think it is, especially on a professional end. Of the gospel outposts, it's like 75% of our traffic comes from Facebook. So a couple of things on that. Please go and share our articles on Facebook or any other place. Please share them. That is how a news about us tends to get about. Uh, tends to get out is through Facebook shares and and that kind of thing. So people just clicking on it. And that would be very helpful to us and and not just the podcast, but the blog and anything else we put out. Um, our goal is to 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 give gospel to people that they need it in an atmosphere that they're in. And Facebook, based on the amount of people in there and the user base, just tends to be a good place to do that. But 75% of our traffic comes from Facebook. So um, <laughs> having to go to this other platform either or two new platforms it, that I don't know anything about their accessibility or anything else. Um, it's possible that's maybe better the target audience, but to be honest, it's just another thing I'd have to update that I'm not super sure I want to update. The but that's only a small part because granted I can do that. I I've I've watched tutorials on everything else. The bigger concern I have is that the people going to these platforms are angry conservatives. And I'm not even trying to say that they don't have anything to be angry about because I'll be honest, they do. Uh, I, I've personally been called a names by f family members been said, I'm, uned I'm uneducated. Uh, I, I've, I've, <laughs> I, a lot of stuff has happened just because I gave a small worded, thought on a thing and it just hasn't felt as if I've had a safe place to communicate and I know many many conservatives that feel that to to my democrat friends I understand you feel strong about these things all right stop and take a moment and just pay attention to the things conservatives are saying have the conversation don't go straight to anger but don't just go well if you voted for trump then we can't be friends because that is just an echo chamber and that's to be honest the thing i'm the most nervous about going to these new social media platforms is that it's just an echo chamber is that now there's conservative facebook and liberal facebook and uh, when that occurs, you get massive groupthink and swaying to the two extremes instead of coming together. 
of the speeches that have been given, I actually do agree. I think the future of this country is going to come down to can we come together? But even more than that, the other issue I have is if it is just angry conservatives and Christians that are going over to these sites, then then we are essentially, and this is an oversimplification, but hear me out. When those that are of the faith just leave, it condemns that place to die. And that's the problem I have. If all, if all the people that love God all decide they're, you know, they're not going to go to Georgia anymore, and all the Christians come out of Georgia, then the odds of Georgia ever <laughs> hearing the gospel go down to zero. Because every Christian decides, well, Georgia is not worth saving. Now, this is, and again, this is an oversimplification because I'm not saying there are no Christians on on the Democrat end, although they do tend to be conservative. I'm not claiming that there's no people of faith on, on the other side. But if I do think the things I know to be true are true, and I withdraw out of all society, then I'm essentially giving up on that truth. I know to me, abortion, it was a big part of the of 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 the choice for a few policies and uh, people I voted for, it it wasn't the only aspect, but it was a big part. Absolutely, you know, economic policies, everything else. I did actually think through it. I have longer thoughts and paragraphs on those, but to be honest, no one really cares. So, the problem I have though is just withdrawing from all society because we got our feelings hurt. Um, John fifteen eighteen tells us this, that if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would l- l- love you as its own. But because you are not of the world but i chose you out of the world therefore the world hates you remember the word that i said to you a servant is not greater than his master if they persecuted me they'll also persecute you if they keep my word they'll also keep yours but all these things they it will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Now, these words to Jesus are very, very important. I'm sorry. These words from Jesus are very, very important because our ultimate home isn't, isn't here. Um, and I think this is a distinction a lot of people kind of talk about, but they don't actually get the implications of. This is not our home. And even if all all the Christians go over, over these two new social platforms, at some point there will be persecution because the flesh treats God as an allergy that it can't stand. If I'm, I mean, and this has come out there. There have been those that are very that have anger stored up in them that are 
it's even conservatives that are angry at Christians because they aren't they aren't um, participating in their anger, and and they're calling them out like you're too woke, you're snowflake, all this social justice stuff, SJW, all this. Now, granted, some of the criticism is uh, good, some of it is not. I think overall, though, if I understand that I am not of this a world, then I'm able to navigate it a little bit better. Um, I do get that there is an aspect that we do need to not be a part of the world. And, and, and to a few of us, that's just going to be to get off all of the social media platforms. There's a whole bunch of uh, research coming out that it is changing the way our brain works. And it is not good. Uh, it's killed our attention span. It's uh, destroying our connection to other people. And all this is coming out on top of the massive data breaches that are occurring. People are talking about they don't have any privacy. And and at its core, it's because you're posting pictures of all things and then expecting people to judge you. Um, even the guy who invented the like button on Facebook, he was trying to do it as a means of affirming people. And instead, it just became a metric of a person's ability to be good enough and uh, depression has gone up all these things that are tied to social media has gone up because people don't get the validation that they think they deserve from social media and this is very very problematic so to a certain extent i do get it but i do think the answer is to to not be on social media all the time i know two people um that are just they're not on it and Every time I think about doing that, I get just like, he's free. Oh, he did it. That son of a gun did it. He's free. Um, and granted, they still kind of check it out every now and then because their spouse has it. But still, it's like they don't need to go post a status. They don't need to update these things. They can actually just enjoy their life. And I envy that a little bit. Um, <laughs> they don't have to to answer critics on, on Facebook because they don't have Facebook in the first place. And they're able to live kind of a simple, I mean, they're doing the things God has called them to, but um, they're able to do them in a more effective uh, manner. Also, kids, kids, if there's any kids paying attention to this, gosh, I can't say this enough. You are more than the follower count, the views, and the amount of people that give it a thumbs up or anything else. Your identity first and above all is in Christ and Christ alone. Christ determines your worth, period, full stop, amen, forevermore. If there's one thing that you get out of this whole episode, Christ determines your worth. But if I stopped and said we're not of this uh, world and it's okay to just pull away, then I think there'd be massive parts of the gospel that I'm just uh, missing. Um our identity and hope is not in this world, but we are in this world. Matt Chandler describes it as we are dual c citizens of this a world and of of heaven. And our first, our 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 top priority is the kingdom of heaven. But we are placed on this earth as ambassadors, um, and ambassadors of hope and good news, and. To say that just because things are are difficult or because I'm being persecuted 
ignores a fair part of that uh, scripture from John 15 that of course we're persecuted and if we think that Twitter blocking a thing I post is 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 the top tier of persecution then we are soft and <laughs> I mean that's if if that's as bad as it gets I'm all about that go ahead and block a few things just for me and just if that is the worst the persecution gets I'll take it uh, <laughs> but to think that the Christian is just not going to be persecuted I think is a bit um naive it's a bit naive there are so many parts of scripture that tell us the that we will be persecuted actually persecution is one of the biggest promises of scripture in this world you will have trouble but take heart because i have overcome the world that's uh, my favorite passage of all of scripture because it's um it it's it's preparatory but also hopeful it's going to get hard but jesus has already conquered it so who really cares and and to say that it's okay to just pull out of all type of society i don't think is fair because there's there's aspects of a missional christian of a, a christian that is is trying to glorify god and bring people to him that uh, that doesn't just go to parts of of our culture and go, well, I'm just not going to go there. They don't des- because they, they offended me. So I'm not going to give them the gospel. That's the most Jonah thing I've ever heard, uh, where a person goes, I'm not going to share the gospel because I don't like them. That was the problem of Jonah. Jonah actually had a lot of faith, um, because he wouldn't go to the people that God told him to go to because he knew God could save them. And so Jonah thought, well, I just won't go there. And God will have to destroy them because they will not have heard the message of God. Now, granted, it's, it's a bit more to that, but still, Jonah had faith that God could save those people and chose to go the other direction. We have that choice now, and I want to be clear that our motive needs to not be to hide, but to proclaim gospel. As it tells us in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16, you, this is Jesus talking to us, to, uh, to, to, to those who are following him, you are the light of the world, and a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way... Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good work and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We are ambassadors and representations of Christ in this world. And any place that appears to be growing darker... That's the place where we are needed the most. Christians are called to be light in darkness, not to be cowards in difficult time. We're called to go to the places that are the most troubled, that are the most, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the places that have no hope at all and point them to God. And to tell them, hey, 
there is hope beyond anything any of us could understand. And it is a hope that transcends all understanding. There's all, all of our, all of our junk is paid by Jesus Christ on the cross. All of our bad choices and our sins are nailed to the cross and we are with him forever. But there's hope there. And to many, many Christians, pulling out of places, even Facebook, is running away. Now, I'm not saying 100% of the cases. If people have gotten a, an account there, absolutely, that's fine. But I guess I'm, I'm almost challenging, and this may not be 100%, everybody needs to do this or everybody needs to not do this, but, but do actually think about why are you trying to go over to these two new sites? Is it because of the censorship and all those things? Well, okay, maybe just strap in and... And, and choose to be a missionary to Facebook. And that isn't by kind of calling out all, all, all the false info, but by actually giving hope during these times. Maybe people need to see the difference that a Christian can have when they are committed to Jesus Christ. Maybe people need to see that. Maybe they need to see a person who hasn't given up, that can still engage in a kind manner, that points to God, that doesn't kind of go like, well, I have to snap back and prove them that they're the stupider person and I'm not the stupider person, but that they can actually engage in conversation, that they can care about those that that are different than them, that they can that, that there can be differences of thought in still engagement. But overall, it's to engage these places with the gospel. The world, especially social media is becoming dark and the problem is it's drugged down many Christians in the process that feel as if they have to be just as dark. In actuality, the command of scripture is different. Don't delve into the darkness, but stand up and, and point people to the glory of God. When people watch us, they should be able to see the hand and face of God. And our words need to glorify him. Too many times our Facebook page are just like, well, well, we're going to own the libs and the snowflakes and those kinds of things. And those are not helpful. If I, if, if I have to prove a point by uh, going to name calling, then I probably haven't proved that strong of a point. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of talking more to I. Uh, more to myself here than anybody else. Um, I do try and watch the things I post and just every now and then I get in the mood and I'm like, we're doing it. We're going to argue. And I'm not a hundred percent the best at it, but I'm trying to be better because it's hard because if I feel attacked, one of the first things I do is I tend to swing back. Um, and this is not the thing Jesus did. Jesus who was actually attacked. That's all that our all I mean that's all our sin is 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 acting against the high king of heaven and instead of of attacking back and wiping us out God took on flesh in Jesus Christ became man bore the weight and the consequences of our sin upon himself and restored us to himself that all who have faith in Jesus Christ will 
live in eternity with him. So maybe the issue of Facebook isn't that it's it's this breeding ground of hate and Twitter's already too far gone, but maybe it's time that Christians engage the conversation in a manner that is uh, actually helpful. Or uh, maybe it's time to also take a break from social media. There are some times that I do think it is appropriate to kind of take a bit of time in a retreat to unplug, to actually pay attention to our physical neighbor, to have conversations person to person. Um, Social media has gotten strange and it's warped our brains, but God is a, a great healer and I can't claim that there's a place God can't go or shouldn't go. But it's my hope, especially through gospel outposts, that there can be these the these outposts and, and kind of the safe places where Christians can grow in our faith together with the purpose of going into the community and claiming it in the name of Jesus Christ. The world needs this. It needs hope. Too many people on both ends are losing hope and we think a new president or the same president is going to solve the problem and it just won't too many people have created an idol out of the presidency and idols will be smashed by the hand of god they will disappoint and we will ultimately as all of us are staring at the thing we thought would bring us fulfillment are going to stare at it and go i still feel empty inside because at our core the one thing we need above all is jesus christ so i don't know a lot of this is just me processing that and thinking uh am i going to join parlor and me we and all that i have invites in my email that i haven't really decided if it's just um conservative snark fest then i'm probably gonna bail on it because we can do better um but if it's a a a a healthy place i might consider it i don't know i do know the one thing i am actually convicted by going through this is um I need to do a better job of getting off Facebook. I know in the past I've talked about this, and it's still a little bit true. It's gotten a little bit easier, but um, I used to check stats a ton of f- for uh, the podcast, the blog, and all that, just to see: am I growing? Am I shrinking? How's it going? You know, this isn't that. And I, I've started doing that not as much, just because I'm gonna keep doing these. Uh, until I feel God calling me to stop doing them or things happen that I just can't do them anymore. I'm going to keep doing them. But um, it was getting to a point that my worth, it was being defined by these things rather than these things um, being a growth indicator or a metric. When the info became more important than the metric when when the worth i de- that i got out of this um was more than just data but actual worth as a person you know am i being a failure or not then that was the point i, I knew i needed to scale back um one of the things god kind of did to 
break me of that is I think it was 2018 in June we had like 45 downloads down from our normal 700 downloads a month um, to this day I don't know why but just for two months we had just over 100 downloads in two months and that was the point I almost just um, I mean for the podcast and that was the point I I I wanted to just quit (laughs) go like well okay we're not doing this anymore um because it doesn't matter and and then through that we've actually uh we're getting about two thousand a month and grant's still not the place i'm trying to be but i'm glad i i i'm i i'm glad that people are tuning in i'm glad that you're tuning in and paying attention to this podcast and i do hope it grows but overall i know that the calling is above the statistics and i'm not trying to like brag about our numbers because they're actually not anything to brag about but um our calling is above our statistics and even if the world doesn't think the thing i'm doing is important i know i'm trying to be faithful to god and that's the thing that matters the most even if no one tunes into it there have been plenty of things I needed to do that have failed, but I still needed to do them. In college, there was a, uh, I I felt as if I needed to start a ministry that we um, uh, prayed in the morning on campus at seven thirty in the morning uh, every Thursday, and so I did this for two months. I got there, and it was just a friend of mine who showed up, one friend, and we prayed for a bit, and then went to class. Um, and I would call that a massive, uh, statistical failure, except for the fact that we did it for two months. And I know during that time it changed me a bit because I had to prepare a devotional to give just a small devotional and then lead people. I guess the more accurate term would be person in prayer and just pray over the campus. Um, you know, I, I, it wasn't a big campus movement, but it was important that I did it. And I did it for a season, and, and that's how that went. Um, but the point of that is is be encouraged in calling and actually engage the culture in whatever manner that God calls you to engage the culture. If it's if it's to, to be a part of these new social media platforms, go for it. But if it's... I guess the thing I'm asking people to to actually think about is staying on Facebook and being a light to the world and understanding that there will be persecution. I'm not even claiming it'll be easy or fun or any of that, but it might be the place we're needed. Especially for 2020. Uh, 2020 has been just... It's been a dumb year. Uh, <laughs> it ha- it's been a dumb year, and the only good part about it being mid-November is that it's almost. Oh my gosh, it's mid-November. Okay, it's almost over. Twenty twenty is almost over. But to be honest, I'm not gonna be this person that says as soon as it turns January first, twenty twenty one, things are gonna be better. There's hope, but I'm not gonna put that hope in a date or in a calendar passing because that's stupid. <laughs> but. Our hope is in Christ and Christ alone because Christ has conquered the grave, death, and sin. So when when my hope is in him, there really isn't anything anyone can actually do to me. So no matter, 
what goes on, good, bad, anything else, hold your head up high, give glory to God, and delve deeper in connection to Him. That was a uh, a big a big learning point I had actually yesterday, where I I got to spend some extended time just in prayer, reading, and the thing I came to is we as Christians need discipleship. We need to grow in our faith. And the biggest place to do that is in the church. Um, my podcast or my blogs are, are great for that articles. I don't know what I'm calling them now. They're great to grow, but they are not the end all be all. And in fact, the best place of growth in kind of the thing I, I'm encouraging all people to go to is the local church. They will always be better than blogs and podcasts is go to the local church, grow in community. If there's questions on places to get started, pastors, if there's uh, questions on places to get started, give me an email um, on our webpage or any any other place. I'll point in the right path of of the things I'm good at discipleship is probably the thing I get the most passionate about and have the most experience in that is the place that I come alive and I'm interested in helping out anybody that's asking um, there's a few actually good books that have come out deep discipleship by JT English talks about the strategies that churches can take in order to implement these programs that draw people deeper in their connection and expression of the faith. Please go check that out. This is not a paid ad. They don't watch this um, because it's well beneath them. But if you do watch this, uh, will you want to come, you want to come on the, come on the show? Um, JT English, Kyle War, Lily or Jenna Wilkin. You have a standing invite to this show. Anytime that you are interested in talking about anything or plugging a book or anything else. But do go pick up uh, Deep Discipleship by JT English. It is fantastic and it changed my life. Um, or if there's questions for any non-pastors or non-church staff that are, are trying to figure out, okay, where do I start? Okay, go ahead and give an email, drop anything in, in the comments, ask, and we... we will engage these questions on where to start to grow in faith. This is important to us. It's important to Caleb as well. We are okay answering these questions. If I have to make a full-time job answering these questions, I'll find a way to make it happen. I may finally come through on those support our Patreon jokes or actually make merchandise or other stuff. Oh, help me. I don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> maybe, or I don't know, maybe we'll have a contest where you design the shirts, which I always felt was like lazy, um, <laughs> but fun for you guys. But like, I don't know. I don't know how to design a shirt. Anyway. We're getting very off topic. Um, take the first step of discipleship, and if a person's already going through it, take the next step. Now is the time to engage our culture, to be the light of the world, and to proclaim the, the, the glory of God. So, if you have thoughts on anything any, I've brought up during this episode, or any questions, or are, are interested in starting through, talking through like I... I want to be a disciple, and I'm not sure how. Um, there are a couple places that you can email us or 
reach out to us. Probably uh, the first is to go to our website at thegospelpost.com slash nobody special. And there's a form at the bottom of the page to either ask us a Bible question, say hi, or ask for advice. No one's taken us up on the advice one yet. And I think one person did. Um, gosh, we'll do our best. Uh, or um, go ahead and email the gospel outpost. Those come straight to me also. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay answering those. Also check us out on social media. If you're still there um, on Facebook and Instagram at nobody special podcast. Uh, we, we do check those pretty often, which really feels hypocritical to say now um, of the social media notifications I get. I'm more prone to check the gospel outpost and nobody special because they tend to be more important. Um, but all in, and, and, and also please go ahead and give us a share, give us a follow, give us a like our YouTube channel. The podcast comes out every Tuesday at 11 o'clock on a YouTube in case you want to watch us do this instead of just to hear my voice do this. I actually had someone who said I had a great kind of a voice for radio and I had to explain like I have a speech impediment, um, so whatever, you know, we'll go with that. Uh, the other thing is, I think this is like two episodes. We forgot to bring it up, but uh, special thanks to Catherine for uh, finding um, a new Bob Ross for us. No, we did bring this up last time, uh, but we're going to say thank you again. We have Bob. He's back and his head is attached. If I find the zombie Bob that is somewhere in my condo, uh, he will also be here, but we do appreciate the gifts and, and just taking the time to, to share that from you and all of our, all, all of our audience members. So, um, Caleb will be back next week. I've said that I've now committed him to it. Whatever funk he's in will have to be over and, um, will he'll hopefully be back. And if not, I don't know, maybe I'll bring a guest in. I got a few people I've been trying to get on anyway, and a few cool things coming up. Uh, it's coming up for Thanksgiving. So we are going to try and have our Thanksgiving episode where we, just slaughter a turkey on camera. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't do that. Actually, I've seen, I know people that pluck turkeys. It's weird. It's weird. I don't like it. So anyway, horribly off topic, but that is going to do it. I almost said for us. Nope. Just for me today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of nobody special. I'm Danny and I am nobody special.